Hello to episode number two of the Beige and Brown broadcast. Uh, we have our of our uh, former uh, current, excuse me, current Golden Glove champion and former state football champion in Illinois. Uh, we want to welcome L.V. Allen to the Beige and Brown podcast. This is on Warriors Tuesday. L.V., how you doing, my brother? I'm good, my brother. How are you? Great, great. Tuesday, yes, but I still got a little bit of time. So I'm after this, uh, we finish up here. I'm looking to get some tacos somewhere. Oh, me too. Taco speaking- Tuesday. <laughs> And, and, the, and our best Le- and their best LeBron voice, and folks, I'd be uh, uh, unjust and. Uh, uh, welcome back to world renowned, uh, world traveler, and one of the best in this business, uh, Bob Bajek. Bob, how you doing, man, brother? I'm doing good. What up, B and B Nation? <laughs> it's good to be back again. Uh, man, we haven't heard that in about three years, man. Since LeBron. Yep. I see they're already cheering for you, Bob, in the background. <laughs> they're so happy to have you back. We got a live audience for what? Uh, Bob, I'll let you take over. We, and again, I want to thank you again. We are, are so uh, gracious to have L.V. Allen on. He's a very uh, played high school football, uh, basketball. As, as he told us last time, Bob, remember he, he said he was more of a Ron Artester, Dennis Robin. Uh, when he played, he couldn't dribble for crap, he said. Effectively, he just many crap. sports. Yes. So I'll, I'll let you take over with, with the, the first question list. And then we can get... uh, game, so that's what we hear in the background. But I think they're really cheering for Bob, so. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, if we can, now we mentioned, I know things have changed last time since you were on the show. Uh, you joined us in October. You know, you had been in the sport for a couple of years. You mentioned you started, uh, you know, I to believe when your son was two years old. Can, can you tell us, Vern, what, what switched as, as a fighter and as a boxer? What, what was like going into that fight when you became a champion? And then what was it to, what was the main thing that made you a champion? What was the mindset? A lot of dedication and hard work. Um, I've been battling a whole bunch of injuries, and I finally got – I was injured when I won Golden Gloves. Um, I had just torn my meniscus and my patella tendon, and I I just had surgery back in April, and I'm seven and a half weeks out of surgery, and I'm able to walk again and being able to run a little bit, but I'm ready to get back into the gym so I can win again next year. And can you take us back, Lauren, just so our audience knows? And I know that before, previously, uh, you were fighting out of Charlie's Boxing Club uh, in Oswego, Illinois. And I know. Are you still with Charlie's Boxing Club or has that changed? Nope. I'm still with Charlie Cole Boxing. We just had our first pro fighter out of there who won uh, over the weekend with a second round knockout. Fantastic. And, folks, again, we want to thank you again. Broadcast. Uh, thank you for listening here on, on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you may be uh, listening to this podcast. Uh, Bob, I know you enjoy this second part with you and Vern, both being Illinois natives. Uh, of course, Vern went to high school in the Oswego area and was a state champion, I believe, in 2004. And Vern, right. tell us, uh, uh, Bob and myself and the audience, a little bit of what that experience was and how team sports has kind of shaped you into fatherhood. Or, you know, now you have a son and 
he's playing high school football. And yeah. you're can you kind of two things kind of tell us what was it like being a part of that that the championship team and okay well the first question is how was that experience the experience was wonderful we was on tv in a national game uh class 7a against libertyville and before that weekend we was preparating uh we had interviews and stuff and i guessed the score what it was and no one believed me and then when we finally played we won in overtime this 21 28 like i predicted Mm. and for us to win from the last time we won in 92 it was an amazing experience a couple players went to pros after high school um and then it shaped me into fatherhood because it taught me discipline and patience and so now Mm. that my son is in football um, i'm trying to be patient with him playing and this dangerous sport but i'm also watching this team and they doing okay for being in high school and i got to be patient and not get mad and stuff like that I know you're, uh, you're a habit, uh, you know, obviously in that same area, you guys play kind of the same teams in Naperville and uh, Oswego. Do you have anything to add on to that? Yeah. Um, so what kind of positions uh, does your son play? He played free safety, the same position I play. All right. And what kind of mentality do you, you know, try to impart to him to play that? Because I know that's one of the toughest positions to play on the gridiron. I told him because um, he like he like the running uh, the free safeties like Kyle Fuller and stuff like that. But I'm like, man, remember uh, you got to remember Brian Dawkins on his mindset and like the ball. Anybody get the ball, you better hit him. And that was my mindset in high school. No matter how big I was, how small I was, I was always getting that person that had the ball. So I told him like, when you see that ball in the air, you go for the ball. I don't care if you get a flag on you, you better just get it. And I'm like, you deal with the consequences later. Just get the ball. That's key right there. And, and Bob, I was going to – Vern answered the first two questions. Bob, I was going to kind of leave this up the third question, kind of fun for you and him, uh, seeing that you guys are both Bulls fans. Uh, Bob, did you have any questions regarding the Bulls, Bears? I mean – what are the Bulls doing, Laverne? I mean, I feel – I don't know what they're doing. Oh, man, I think they're on a full rebuild. Um, but I think if they keep DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and add small pieces like Russell Westbrook or Derrick Rose as a mentor to the younger players, we'll oh, be yeah. fine. Oh. Sorry, I lost control. Sorry, you know, I get excited. Nah, you're good. Um, and then they just down, um, drafted this – undrafted free agent from um, uh, Kentucky. Uh, he's a Nigerian dude. He's supposed to be really good. Or like Draymond 2.0. That's what I like to hear. I, I remember at the time I was kind of upset the Bulls didn't draft Draymond. I'm glad he went to Golden State, but I think they've been kind of behind the eight ball since then, Not just not drafting well. Right. At least in, in the gr- greater scheme of things. I think the league got soft. Like back in the day, I, I idolized Dennis Rodman because his hard work. And he was a nuisance. Uh, Draymond Green trying to act like that, but he's more of a I'm all I'm all talk and not no action. Dennis Rodman got under your skin the right way, and if he tried to avoid fights, but he's still one of them enforcers. Well, I think what the yeah. Bulls have to do is figure out what they're going to do with their cap space because. 
I mean, they could let Vucevic go. I do think the signs are pointing to them re-signing him because I think if he leaves, they lose that um, cap space, so then they can't really get that much better. Just keep him so they could have roster flexibility in the future. Yeah, guys, can, get, I, can I ask y'all a question? What, what can they do about Lonzo? We know that Lonzo's has already been, you know, it's already been um, confirmed he's going to miss next season with that they, debilitating injury. What can they, they do get, a point? If they get rid of him because of the cap space or they uh, vow him as uneligible to play again, like Roy, uh, Brandon Roy, they'll, yes, get that right. money, they'll get that money back so they can put that as a um, different cap space put that towards the cap space so they can get somebody else without hurting their cap, without hurting their uh, draft picks or capital. Well, and I, I do think his career is potentially done. You don't have that many athletes get three surgeries on, you know, the same issue being gone for two and a half years. I hope the best for him. You know, he's going to rehab hard. He's not going to retire because, you know, if he retires, he could forfeit the 40 million still coming up to him. So, you know, he wants to rehab and at least try to give it another goal, but there's a good chance his career is going to be done. Yeah. Yeah, guys, and I, I like Ayo Desuma. I know he's a local guy out of Morgan Park. You know, another uh, a Nigerian uh, born player. Kids played hard in Morgan Park, and he was very good for Illinois. You see him kind of a little sophomore slump. Uh, maybe if the, I don't know what Kobe White's future holds for the Bulls, uh, but a, I did like Ayo Desuma and, and what he brought to the table. Um, I would have Go ahead. Uh-huh. No, go, ahead. no, go ahead. Okay, I'd rather keep Ayo DeSumo over Kobe White because Ayo DeSumo is a defensive mindset. Kobe White is more offensive, and Kobe White is soft. Ayo DeSumo yeah. at least die for the ball, get in your face. Yeah. And then with Pat Bev, if he's still on the team, we should keep Pat Bev for the defensive mind. Absolutely. So and, the men- and the mentorship, like you said, too, even if Derrick Rose came in, Pat Bev can still – add that intensity like he did with the T-Wolves and just kind of, you know, I don't like the word culture as a buzzword, but he can kind of change the mindset of the organization and kind of the, you know, the mindset of the team on the floor. Yes, he can. Yeah. And Bob, I, I was going to throw my quick bonus question. I know we're getting uh, short on time there, but me, me and LV, Bob, we had a, a I was doing my, kind of the, short hits for the, the, uh, the top 15 dunkers list. And LV says something very interesting, Bob. He said that he felt like Stevie Franchise, uh, the the beloved Houston Rocket and one of the best from the ACC. He felt Stevie Franchise was a better dunker than John. Facts. How do you feel about that, Bob? <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't seen Steve Francis dunk in a while. Like, I mean, I watched those games in the past, and he, I did like him as a very electric player. I, I believe he was co-rookie of the year with Elton Brand back in the day, and absolutely. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I think unfortunately his career got derailed because of alcoholism and things like that. But he he was somebody electric. Now, again, I might have recency bias because I've seen jaw dunk and dunk over guys and things of that nature. I mean, that that's hard to say. I I might have to lean towards John Morant just because he's more in my consciousness. But I just remember Steve Francis as somebody who was who could put up twenty some points a night as a shorter player in a very physical league, like what Laverne's saying, like when you could still hand check and body people um, more than now. And I mean, in this league, let's say if he had, you know, if he was in good health and, you know, played with these rules, he would have probably be like a 30 point scorer. 
Well, nowadays, okay, him and John Moran is the same height. They're both six foot three. In the time where you can hand check people, he was dunking over people like Shaq who, uh, and Yao Ming, even though they're teammates and stuff like that. But when it wasn't teammates, he was dunking over people like that or dunking on people. John Morant, you you can't touch nobody. You know? As soon as you get in the paint, you can't touch him. So, of course, you're going to fly from the free throw line and dunk over somebody. It's, that's more alleged because there's no types of boundaries or I'm about to hit you as soon as you get in the paint. Mm. And at closing, I said, I like what both of you guys said on both of them. And I, I got a wild card. I would take my man from UCLA, the game's homeboy, Baron Davis, over both of them at that same height, 6'2", 6'3". I thought Baron had a lot more power, and he dunked on a lot more people. Well, you – Baron Davis did it more consistently. Oh, man, if we talking about – Okay. Baron I'm just Davis. talking about dunking. I'm not talking about being a player or anything. I'm saying no, 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 okay. being that size and that and that height. Baron Davis was, I think, just right there with Francis, and he he did okay. that for a little bit long. I'll take uh, Richard Jefferson. Oh no, we, but we got to go with same size. Now I'm I'm giving the same size. Now. If we go Richard same Jefferson. size, what about JP two? JP two's done it in the playoffs. JP two was so electric that the Warriors decided to give up, give up. On James Wiseman, which I still think is a mistake, but to get him back in the building. Yeah. I mean, but okay. Gary Payton is an older player, right? I mean, he's not. I mean, I, I think uh, as far as I'm thinking, I don't know how Vern thinks about, it, but I mean, Steve Francis and Baron Davis, that, that like you said, Bob, that's in our conscience. I remember seeing Steve Francis do that in ACC oh. against you know the Dukes oh. and Maryland's and anything. So, how tall is uh J.R. Smith? How tall is J.R. Uh, Smith? Six I three, believe six, he was four? six four. Yeah. Almost the same height. That's sure. where in game dunking was great too. And he's on the list, guys. I'm gonna. I know I've been uh, procrastinating with Rick. I didn't want to release it on Facebook because we didn't get the uh, the uh, feedback from the audience. But we did talk to some other YouTubers, and we're gonna uh, plan to do that in July, probably on the Twitter Spaces and on. We're actually gonna do some. I hate doing live streams, but we'll probably do that on YouTube. So okay. we're gonna try to make Good it more day. interactive and do a collab on that. Both of y'all name y'all top three donkers. <laughs> Oh. Are you talking? Are you talking about any? No. Hold on, Vern, you got to give us a criteria now because okay. when people do this, they start talking about it. So give us one or two okay. key criteria. Please. Then, then let's go in game dunking. Okay, Bob, I'll let you go, sir. Jordan, I got Jordan. Um, I've I really liked watching. Oh, that's hard. What about Twin Wade? I mean, oh yeah. So, I know you got, you got to give the Chicago guys some love out there in Robbins. I know you got to give <laughs> Chicago love. You know, and if we if we go newer, at least on a player that I like watching now, Giannis is a very fun dunker to watch. He could just fly from the free throw line, or he could overpower guys. So I, that man I enjoy that. Yeah, of course, he can dunk over people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So I guess, guys, for for flavor's sake, I'm gonna give you three totally different. I'm not gonna go with the same names, but I'm gonna give you. I got to represent my, my blue, Duke Blue Devils. I'm going to give you Zion. Okay. I'm going to give you that new school. Uh, I'm going to go back in the day, you know, guy from uh, my stomping grounds, kind of from, from the Quad Cities, Davenport, Iowa. I'm going to go with Ricky Davis, Ricky, former teammate of LeBron. And, I mean, Ricky okay. Davis used to do dunk contest dunks in the game. And uh, if you want to go further, one of my first favorite players, you know, my – Live Drexler, Back in the day, day. Uh, Okay. 
That is good. So I will go, and uh, I will go Zach Levine. Ooh, I would definitely do Steve Francis. Yes, sir. And then Vince Carter. I, I think I'm not, I, I like that because we, we came up with nine different people, and that that was uh, I think you, you can't go wrong with any of those guys. I'm just kind of surprised that Theus didn't mention Rain Man oh. Sean Kemp. I'm oh, trying to yeah. say that. I'm Versa. trying to say that, Bob. You know, That's I'm trying like to say that for this. Oh, I know, but I'm just, I'm just surprised. You know, everybody. I think people that have listened to the show, they they've heard my infatuation with Kemp, so That's I have true. to try to keep it fresh and new. <laughs> uh, you know, but Bob, I'm gonna get to the main event of it. Saying that LV and LV is very uh, abreast and very knowledgeable about all sports, but he is a Golden Gloves champion, and we know that this. Uh, something that we've been, been waiting for for probably at least seven to eight years. Uh, I've been telling you. Uh, we're going to call it the fish fry, baby, the fish fry. And yes, Verm is right, folks, because here at Bayesian Brown, and thank you for listening again on Spotify, Radio, Apple Music, uh, Facebook, wherever you guys are listening at, I was incorrect. I, I had a source that was incorrect. But on July 29th in Vegas, we will get <laughs> the fish fry. Terrence Crawford, Bud Crawford against Errol Spence. Omaha, Nebraska versus Dallas, Texas. That's right. Ken folks through through marriage, my uncle and his auntie. Thank God bless them all. But uh expert as well. Can we get you guys' thoughts on uh July 29th? Bob go first. I think we had a little a little difficulty there, but I'm gonna have you share your thoughts first. Okay. Well, Crawford. I like Crawford and I like Spence. Spence's um, late his past couple fights have been iffy because every time he got hit, he always looked down to see if something fell out. Since he had that mm-hmm. accident, he got false teeth, so he's trying to make sure his teeth don't fall out in the middle of a ring. But <laughs> are you are you giving him some kind of inside insight there? No, that's what he said. He's like, man, when okay. um when uh who hit him um I forgot his name you Yugis uh, when he fought Yugis and he got hit. And he went and he looked down and trying to make sure his teeth didn't fall out. And then he got hit again. Everybody thought, "Oh, you about to lose the fight?" Nah. And Crawford, Crawford is a beast. When he uh, he he starts off slow. Crawford starts off way too slow to be um starting uh starting off. And but they're both resilient fighters, so I, I still will go with um as far as technique, I will go Spence. Sure. And, and Bob, I will let you go ahead and piggyback on that or, or share your thoughts. What I think I cut out. Which part did you guys last hear? Oh, we were just asking about what were your thoughts about the Crawford and Spencer fight on July 29th. Um, I believe that it's going to be a close fight. I might have to agree with Laverne there that the younger gun is going to win this one, just because uh, just with stamina, um, you know, he's got a lot of power. I wouldn't be surprised if we go the other way, but I'm I'm going to stick with Spence. Okay. And guys, just in my opinion, I may be biased as well, but I'm going to yes, think you that are. Tans Crawford's <laughs> uh, versatility, uh, you know, being able to switch to south, um, you know, adapt to in-game adjustment, in-fight adjustment. That's a cliche we hear a lot in basketball, but Tans's ability to adjust can make him, will be him disciple. So folks, we want to thank you again for joining us at Beijing Prime. We want to thank LB Allen, and we will see you guys, folks, at the next episode. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye.